USL, Charlotte Sports Live. Eddie Pinheiro will try to get Chris Tabor his first win as an NFL head coach, and he's done it. Break out the cigar, Chris Tabor. It's the first win of your head coaching career in the NFL. One-hit wonders, no more. The Carolina Panthers finally pulled out a win. They took down the Atlanta Falcons for their just their second win of the season, but their first win under interim head coach Chris Tabor. It wasn't pretty, but frankly, at this point, who cares? The Panthers get their second victory Monday of the season tomorrow, but for now, it's a victory CSL, Mike Lissette. This feels so weird. This, this is what victory <laughs> Sunday feeling. feels like. Tonight we're going... One-on-one with several Panthers following the win. Plus, Derek Brown on a mission to make the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about his chances after a solid day on the field. But before we get to any of that, I'm going to show you how Carolina finally did it again. Yeah, let's get to the highlights. It was a miserable, rainy day at the bank. Very symbolic of the Panthers' season thus far. A rematch of Week 1 with the Atlanta Falcons. This game scoreless in the second quarter. Falcons at their own 37. Desmond Ritter fakes the pitch. Going to roll out. He's got Johnny Smith. And the defense catches the break here. Von Bell just barely clips in there, but that stops what would have been a 63-yard touchdown for the Falcons. Atlanta does, however, cap off the drive from the two-yard line. They give it to Cordero Patterson. Touchdown, Falcons. This took almost 27 minutes for a score. Falcons led 7-0. All right, ensuing drive for the Panthers, however. Showing a little creativity here. Amir Smith-Marset, he's been making a name for himself recently. How about that? 14-yard gain for Carolina. And there's a man on a mission right there. That's Bryce Young, same drive Panthers inside the 10. Third and goal, Young evades the pressure, but eventually they get to him. Zach Harrison wraps him up. First career sack on the number one overall pick of the draft. That was third and goal, so you know what this means? Andy Pinheiro in from 34 yards out. It's good. Panthers down 7-3 at the break. All right, it's the same score at the end of the third quarter. Third and 11 for the Falcons. They hand it to Bijan Robinson, but he coughs it up. Mm -hmm. Troy Hill makes it happen, and Brian Burns falls on it. And the Panthers take over with under a minute 30 left in the third. Drive continues in the fourth, third and four. It's Young looking at him. at the goal line. They just missed it. Fourth down again. Hello, Eddie Pinheiro back in again. Hey. 25 yards is good. It's now a one-point game, and you got to give the fans credit because they're like, you know what, we're in this. We're going to see it to the end. Yeah, well, here it is. They need to stop. Panthers bringing pressure. Desmond Ritter, they force him to throw it right into the hands of Xavier Woods. And Carolina, they needed they needed to play this right. They, they didn't want to give Atlanta the ball back, so they take their time. Bryce Young, 18 of 24 for 167 yards today, including this pass to DJ Chark, who just makes an incredible play. Whoa. Great awareness from Shark. Where's the replay? Did Let's he get see. two feet in? Replay confirms both feet are in and we are rolling. So 17 plays, 90 yards up the field. They eat up seven and a half minutes and once again it's Pinheiro time. From 23, the rain is falling but the drought is over ladies and Let's gentlemen. Go. Panthers beat the Falcons without scoring a single <laughs> touchdown. 9-7 the final, but we're not done. We continue our team coverage from the bank. Carla Gephardt, Al Wallace, and Gabe McDonald are standing by after the Panthers pick up their second win of the season. 
That's right, guys. We are now in the tunnels of Bank of America Stadium to talk about this Panthers win. And, guys, what a win it was. It feels so nice to say that. Of course, I'm alongside Gabe McDonald and Al Wallace. Al, what did you think of this one? I saw Bryce Young walk off this field with a smile. I can imagine a lot of Panthers fans were smiling today. Yeah, you have to be excited just because they're so hard to come by. This is been a tough season for all the guys in that locker room and to find a way at the end of a football game under crazy conditions out there with the weather to come away with the victory I would be celebrating in that locker room you have to be happy guys are healthy and now you got to build off of that when you look at that final drive obviously the biggest play D.J. Chark's incredible catch I mean that's something that I don't think any of us <laughs> have, have ever seen but just to have that kind of poise what impressed you the most about that final drive and then being able to get it done I think you talked about it Gabe it's the poise that those guys showed right you get an opportunity off of a turnover and you have to drive the field and punch it in and to be able to get that the ball down the field the running game with Chuba Hubbard done such a great job and then your young quarterback to deliver those passes down the field has to feel good the execution was there and that's one thing you hear from Thomas Brown we have to execute and the Panthers offense was able to do that down the stretch yeah you mentioned Chuba Hubbard obviously a great game for him once again on the ground but I want to talk about some playmakers we haven't talked much about and that is a Amir Smith-Marset. We're going to talk to him a little bit later in the show, but how impressed were you with what he was able to do really in all areas of this game? I really like that guy. Got a chance to spend some time with him at Joy uh, to the Carolinas event that they had at Carowinds, and he's just a big personality, a really unique skill set, a special teamer that can get the ball in his hands and do so many dynamic things. It felt like Thomas Brown, this offense, said, hey, let's give it to a playmaker, someone we can give the ball in these conditions and have them make guys miss and boy, did he deliver for this football team. And it seemed like we saw Bryce Young play with a little bit more swagger, extending the plays, even giving the first down signal after that one run, just to have him continue to grow. What were some of the main things that you really saw in him that made you feel like he's progressing right now at the end of the season? Yeah, Gabe, it's that confidence. We've seen him now be able to pick up a lot of first downs with his legs. He's using the athleticism. He's extending plays in the pocket, which was something we saw at Alabama that he's now confident to do here with the Carolina Panthers. This guy is growing. It's development. It's some stretching going on. It hasn't been easy, but when you see games like this with Bryce Young able to go out and deliver for his team, it has to make you feel good about the direction he's going and this football team could go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and check in with the guys in the locker room and on the podium to see what they said about this Carolina win today. Really just proud of all parties. I, I couldn't be more proud of the, the kids, obviously, the coaching staff. Uh, it was fun. You know, and that, those were tough conditions. I think that the area that I was really pleased with, obviously I talked about the defense and getting the two turnovers, uh, is we didn't have any turnovers. And I thought, you know, just trying to play field position out there and then taking advantage of opportunities when you get them. So uh, in a better mood than when we were last week, uh, enjoy it tonight and then get back to work tomorrow. And I, You know, right now, it, obviously, it, it's so new. Um, really just, you know, we all – you know, we're all happy. There's a lot of joy for sure. And, you know, it really comes from, you know, us wanting to see each other succeed. We want to see each other win. You know, we put the work in. We trust each other. And obviously we haven't, you know, been able to see a lot of those results this year. But, you know, it's always great when, you know, you get to see that and it actually gets to come into fruition on Sunday. And, you know, again, you know, right now it's still fresh, still enjoying it. But there's still obviously a lot of stuff we want to get better at, want to improve on. Um, so, you know, feels great. And then, you know, we'll, we'll move on, follow it away. And then, 
you know, take the good and the bad from it. Now, of course, we are still celebrating a win, but we do have to talk about some areas of improvement. And, of course, there's several areas looking over the film of this one that the Carolina Panthers are going to really kind of see. And another one, another game of short yardage situations where they couldn't necessarily capitalize throughout this game. What are you seeing in those moments that they have to do more of? It's about finding an identity in those situations, right? Who do you want to be? What's the scheme? And developing that rookie signal caller in Thomas Brown with a rookie quarterback. They haven't yet figured out exactly what type of team they want to be in those tight situations. Uh, but when they figure it out, they'll be very, very good, I think, at moving the ball, converting first downs, and putting points on the board. So it's about development. It's about the experience. And they're getting time on task right now in these situations. And we're even seeing the tight ends come up big, even with the lack of depth at that position. Tommy Trimble, even Stephen Sullivan making big plays. Those are the kind of guys that you really need to show up as that security blanket, especially in games like this. Sure. Yeah, good teams have great role players. And you look at Trimble and Sullivan and so many other guys, uh, Amir uh, Smith, Marquette, Marseille, you talk about those guys being role players and asked to step up in certain situations. The tight end group is one of those that they do the dirty work, they block in this running game that's worked well for the last couple of weeks, and now they've been able to step up, get the passes thrown to them, and make plays. And, man, to have a tight end, to have that type of security blanket, those two guys have done a great job. You said it earlier this morning on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, but this game was going to come down to turnovers and taking care of the ball. The Panthers able to do that. The yeah. Falcons, obviously, the two turnovers in this game coming at crucial times. How impressed were you with Bryce Young to at least manage that part of the game? It's great because it's tough. You go and look at week one, his first opportunity as a pro, two interceptions, the ball's on the ground, those three turnovers were the difference. Today, he managed that in a different way, able to keep possession, in turn have the defense give it back to them on a short field for them to put points on the board. This was a huge opportunity for Bryce to kind of correct some of the mistakes we saw in week one. Yeah, a lot from the offense. They did just enough to get that win today, but the defense, they impressed a lot in this game once again, and we're going to be talking about them more coming up here in just a minute. All right, guys, so with the Falcons going down today, that provided an opportunity for the Bucs to pull ahead for the lead in the NFC South. Today they took on the Packers, the team that Carolina plays next week. This one had all sorts of turns. Packers at one point had the lead. Third quarter, they were trying to get it back. On the go, Jordan Love finds Jaden Reed for the touchdown. And yes, that is a touchdown because both feet were inbounds. You can see it in the replay. Green Bay within three. End of the quarter now. Baker Mayfield responds. The path to Cole Keith is on target. Abe Lincoln would be proud because it's one of four scores from Baker today. Finished with 381 yards. Tampa up 10. Fourth quarter now. Bucks. Up 14, their defense in to finish it off. They get the sack on Love and they get the ball back too. Bucks get the win 34-20. So they remain in first place in the division, but Grace, they have company. Yes, they do, and it's because the Saints were able to take care of business at home against the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. New York had won three in a row going into this one, but New Orleans had no intention of being their latest victim. Ooh. Case in point, that hit on DeVito in the second quarter. It knocked him out of action for a little bit, but he would return. He's tough. Ultimately, though, he was not a factor. You know who was? Derek Carr. Second half, he finds Juwan Johnson here for the score. Carr, 218 yards passing, three touchdowns. New Orleans up eight in the third. Here in the fourth, Jimmy Graham getting in on the fun. That's his third straight game with a touchdown. Saints go on to win this one with ease, 24 
All right, so here's how it looks now with week 15 in the books for the division. Bucks and Saints tied for the lead at 7-7 seven and seven on the season. All is not lost, though, for the Falcons, who are just a game back with three weeks left to play. Unlike the Falcons, though, the Bucks and Saints each still have two division games left. One for Tampa is the Panthers in the final week of the season. Well, straight ahead, returning our attention to basketball and trying to make sense of last night's historically bad 53-point loss for the Hornets. Head coach Steve Clifford had some thoughts. Here what he had to say coming up. We're also talking college basketball. We've got the Jumpman Invitational this week at the Spectrum Center. And ahead, we've got all the details on the big kind of event. And up next, could a win streak be in the cards for your Carolina Panthers? That is what we are going to discuss coming up next in Quick Six. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. All right, back on Charlotte Sports Live. You know, we have seen a lot of bad losses by the Hornets over the years, but never as bad as the one we saw last night at the Spectrum Center. Charlotte got absolutely pounded by Philadelphia, 135 to 82. The 53-point margin of defeat is now a new franchise record. A lack of effort was certainly a problem. Head coach Steve Clifford says it was not the main reason for Charlotte's demise. The fact is that he's right, the Hornets were several men down already, and then it got worse in the third when Terry Rozier left the game after catching an elbow to the face. There'll be things that we can learn from the film, um, you know, obviously that can help, you know, like little things, execution things. Um, I mean, the overall the story of the game would be more about the guys that didn't play than did, I would say. And you would not be wrong, Coach. Here's a list of the guys uh, who were out of action. And remember, they also, as I said, lost Rozier in the third. We're looking at three other starters, Ball, Hayward, and Williams. Then two guys off the bench in Washington and Martin. Charlotte has lost four straight. The team plays at Toronto tomorrow. All right, time now for the quickest two minutes in all of sports. Six questions in two minutes. We've got fan favorite and Queen City <laughs> News meteorologist Andrew Brightman joining us. So let's put two minutes on the clock, please. Andrew, we are starting with you. Do the Panthers, do they lose another game this season? To quote Will Ferrell, we're going streaking. No, I, I don't think, <laughs> I do think they're going to lose another game here. I do think they're going to win at least one more game before the season wraps up, either next week against the Packers or I think maybe the season finale against the Bucks. But I don't think they're going to reel off four straight to close the season. One can hope, though. One can hope. All right, Mike, reports say that Aaron Rodgers could be medically cleared to play next week. Do we see him play? Well, I'll see that pop culture reference and raise you this one. As Christina Aguilar once said, the body's saying let's go, but common sense is saying no. <laughs> the Jets are eliminated from postseason contention. I don't see it happening. I got nothing You're to add to man, that. Mike. All right, Andrew, UCLA football head coach Chip Kelly has some thoughts about where college football is heading and suggested that maybe football be separate from other sports, kind of like how Notre Dame operates independently. Your thoughts on that? You know, I really think his heart is in the right place about this because the whole thing, UCLA, USC going to the Big Ten, and then it's a very East Coast conference, just kind of weird, maybe have divisions. The problem is conferences control college football, and they control the TV rights here. Money's the root of all evil. That's kind of the problem here is the conferences really run everything, but his heart's in the right place. Yeah, I just, I don't think he put a pamphlet together yet, but I thought it was, he was on the right thinking track. All right, Mike, which two teams do you think will be playing for the College Football National Championship? I think Texas is going to get there, but I think at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because I think Michigan's going to win. And then it's going to be a big debate over whether they get to keep the title when they have to vacate it 
at some point when the NCAA lays down the rule. That's going to be a fun story. All I have to say to that is that the Houston Astros still have their ring, so that's all I'm going to say. Andrew, Trevor Lawrence gifted his O-line with golf carts for Christmas. What should Bryce Young get his O-line? All right, guys, hear me out. My dad said the best gifts are the ones you get to experience. He tells each lineman you get you and a special someone any place in the world, round trip tickets, first class. Just call my guy and set it up, and that's their gift. What do you wow, think? Wow, that's bad, pretty, yeah. sounds pricey. All right, Mike, real quick, the Jumpman invite is this week. What is your favorite pair of Air Jordans? I know you have many. Speaking of pricey, but not quite as pricey, <laughs> you got to go with the Concords. I love the 11s. Not the Chicago ones? No. When the Concords come out of the box, they got that shiny blue icy bottom, and it just looks so fresh, and I feel like I could dunk the ball, even though I fall about a foot short Every time I've had a jump, jump. I can actually it, grab it, rim. It is a, I've seen it. It's pretty cool. But the jump, the, the, the Jordan 11 Concords, number one shoe. You would be proud of me. I do not own a pair of Air Jordans, and that was on my Christmas list. It is, I know. So I'm very proud of you. You're excited. About this. Maybe Santa will think I was good enough this year. All right, Carolina's win today over the Falcons was a total team effort. Up next, we'll hear from one member of the squad who definitely made his mark in this one. Keep it here. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. Well, Sweet Caroline pumped through the sound system inside Bank of America Stadium the second the clock struck zero this afternoon. And we think one guy in particular was probably singing right along. Yeah, wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset did a little bit of everything today for the Panthers. He didn't finish with flashy numbers, but he was a game changer, and he joined Carla and Gabe right after the game. All right, we have Amir Smith-Marset joining us. And first of all, we got to talk about this win, the second win for the Carolina Panthers right, this right. season. I just want to know, how does that feel after this game? Uh, amazing. Uh, it's been a long season, a lot of ups and downs, uh, a lot of, you know, games where it's close. We one play away, two plays away. And, you know, to just come out here in these conditions, be locked in and, you know, come out with the victory, hold it together uh, for four quarters and, you know, kick that game when the field goes. It's tremendous, you know. It's been a long ride, and, uh, you know, we're just happy to, you know, get that win field again. Is it even sweeter getting against these guys? Just given how the opener went and these guys being tied for first place, right. you can play spoiler after not getting it done the last couple of weeks. Right. I know this one has to be a lot sweeter against these yeah, guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, right now we're playing Grinch, so, you know, we're we taking, <laughs> we taking away everybody, uh, you know, Christmas presents yeah. right now. So uh, that's our that's – you know, a little slogan right now. We're going to go go out there and, you know, cancel Christmas on everybody. So, uh, you know, they was, you know, this is one game that was, you know, in the, on, a, on a schedule and, uh, you know, glad to get it against them. Now, we were getting more familiar with you on special teams, right. but now we're seeing you a little bit more on the offensive side right. and the rushing attack and in the passing game as well. What do you feel like you're doing with your game right now? Uh, you know, just elevating it, you know, all around, uh, being somebody that they can, you know, depend on with handoffs, uh, you know, passing it to them, uh, you know, out the backfield as you've seen, stuff like that. You know, just, you know, being able to show them that I can go out there and help the team, you know, win. Uh, and uh, that's just every, every day I show up and I tell them, like, I'm bringing the energy and we're going to go full speed, you know, just just let me work and, you know, stuff like that shows out on the field on Sunday. So it's not just me, but it's, you know, it's everybody, uh, you know, coaching staff believing in me, uh, teammates believing in me and, you know, Bryce, you know, going out there, you know, putting the ball in my hands. Given your relationship with Coach Saber, you know, playing on special teams, having played for him before, how sweet is it to get him his first win as an interim head coach? Man, it's, it, it's, it's great. Like, <laughs> I, I, he gave me the opportunity to be the punt returner here. And, you know, I took that, you know, and um, – Shoot, it's, it, it feels amazing to get him his first victory as a you know interim head coach, and uh, just being able to come out here and do this for him, it's, it's amazing. How has he lightened the mood? I mean, you're familiar with him as a yeah. special teams coach, but how has he lightened the mood as the season's gone on? And of course, the last couple of weeks have been hard, but he still seems to stay so positive. Man, Tabes is somebody. Uh, 
he, he got a motto. It says if, if, if it don't work, guess what? We're going to line up and try harder. So <laughs> that's the type of person he is, and uh, he's going to bring the energy. we always going to have fun. That's something, you know, that I like about him, a uh, high-spirited guy and a uh, coach, and uh, he's just going to go out there and give it his all. Uh, he don't play no games, but he also, you know, have fun, you know, while doing it. So that's the biggest thing, and I'm one of those people that go out there, and I like to have fun when I play this game because it's, at the end of the day, this is a kid's game. So you just got to have fun with it. And, uh, he just allow us to go out there, be, be ourselves, and, you know, just play free. Take us through that catch by DJ Chark. What did you see right there? It looked like he was trying out for the Nutcracker with the toe tap. Yeah. Right there. That's a dog. That's that's a dog catch. Yeah. yeah, that's a dog catch right there. Especially these conditions, the yeah. rain, being able to lock in, uh, get two feet down, and then you know helping the team just move the ball down the field. Man, that's 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 some a play that you got to have that dog in you. How much were the conditions really a part of your game planning? Because obviously it was just nasty out there. Yeah. You special teams player, you got to prepare yeah. for that. So how did you do that? Right. This week? So. Uh, Wet ball drills. Um, <laughs> we used to we so well, we not used to we soaked the balls this weekend. I was out there no gloves. Uh, most people was out there no gloves in practice preparing for this rain right here. So uh, we're just you know going to work like we'd be playing in these conditions and uh you know I guess it helped uh, out there today. So. Yeah, a wet one and a cold one, but of right. course the Panthers come away with a win today. Amir, we appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, all right, thanks, guys. Well, it's a lot more fun to talk about the Panthers after a victory. We'll have more from the bank a little later on. And no injury was keeping J.C. Horn down for long. Coming up, we'll hear from the Panthers cornerback on how he stayed positive and how that helped him get back into the game. Only the bravest of the brave. And this guy made it out to the bank for today's game between the Falcons and Panthers. I don't want to know. Early on, looked like we were going to witness another stinker after a scoreless first. Atlanta finally got something going in the second. Desmond Ritter over the top to Johnny Smith for a big game. This would lead to a touchdown, giving the Falcons a 7-0 lead. Fourth quarter, they appeared headed towards a huge victory. Ritter coming downfield again, however, this time... Panthers defense is ready for him. Hey Xavier Woods, right place, right time for the big interception. Carolina gets the ball back down 7-6 with seven and a half to go. Bryce Young then led the drive downfield. This was the big play. He finds DJ Chark, who is just able to keep his feet in bounds. That was a big first. Panthers worked the clock down. Eddie Pinheiro came in and did that as time expired. 23-yarder is good. Carolina didn't get a touchdown. They didn't need it, though. 9-7 the final as they snap a six-game losing streak. Amazing. Winning without a touchdown. And, yeah, and with that, welcome back to Charlotte Sports Live. Michael said here with Grace Grill. Plenty of reasons to smile tonight, I'll tell you that, Grace. Absolutely. I don't know who deserved this win more, the Panthers or the fans, fans that stuck it yeah. out in the, in the rain today. The defense definitely does deserve it. They've kept this team in games all season long, and today they were rewarded for it. Carla, Gabe, and Al Wallace break down that side of the ball from the bank. All right, we are continuing to talk about the Carolina Panthers' win over the Atlanta Falcons this afternoon. And, of course, we're now talking about the defense. And this one was a great game for them. Al, you kind of called it this morning on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, but you needed to see more out of Brian Burns. And I think we did see that today. Yeah, very early in this game. You saw him playing at a different pace in the backfield, being disruptive. And also, although the sacks aren't coming, they're not there, they're not glaring, this guy is a difference maker. He's all over the field. When you can get in the back, 
backfield, you can change that running attack for the Atlanta Falcons. You can see the impact that he had on this football game. The biggest thing we saw, turnovers, takeaways. Yes. <laughs> Some of this defense has really struggled with so far. Obviously, you get that fun fumble, but they took advantage of that interception. Xavier Woods, you know, stepping up and getting a big play there. You always need to have those plays because if you can give your offense extra possessions, it definitely leads to a win like it did. That's today. right. You got to get bodies to the ball. Everyone needs to be active. You can't fall asleep on a play. And what you saw from Woods is a guy that's hustling in a position on the backside of the play trying to be there and he finds the ball in the air in his lap comes up with a huge turnover and then raking the ball out punching it out whatever you have to do to get the rock on the ground to turn over the possession back to your offense is key in a game like this and the Panthers doing that was the difference in coming up with a close victory. Another guy that flashed in this game Frankie Louvu leading the team once again with 10 tackles why was this Atlanta offense just I mean it was like set up for him perfectly it felt like. It feels like it man Frankie is just an energizer bunny he's the heart and the soul of this football team he plays at a different pace and every time he's on the field he leads by example and you watch him pull the rest of the 10 guys on the field with him as far as their effort and energy and speed to the ball and when he plays like that this defense is really good Vero has to be excited about that core of players he has on that side of, ball, of the ball all right well let's go ahead and check in with those defensive players in the locker room right now I feel like the guys really embrace the conditions that we were playing under and uh, kind of had the mindset like it doesn't matter um, so I, I like that I like the mindset that they brought to the to, to the field. We created turnovers. Um, we didn't get in the end zone off uh, the fumble, but you know we got points. And then you know to see the offense come back out there, it was seven minutes left and drive all the way down the field. It was elite execution by them. So uh, like you said, just complimentary football and uh, came out in our favor. And we talked a lot about our defensive line and 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 I, what I'm going to call our running group, our offensive line, and our receivers getting in there blocking to say, hey guys, let's let's be real estate agents after we get done with this game, which really means we're we're acquiring land uh, during the game and trying to change field position. So really proud of our, our our defensive line, no question. So certainly some happy guys in the locker room on that defensive side of the ball after limiting that Falcons rushing attack to under 100 yards. But Al, we got to talk about Derrick Brown. The guy continues to make play after play after play. The numbers aren't be there, but he's in the backfield, it seems like, pretty much on every down this, this game. Uh, the confidence that has grown this year with Derrick Brown, we saw it a couple of years ago where he started to make plays, started to feel free in what he was doing and his capabilities as a defensive tackle. Last year, I think he submitted himself, and you knew he was coming. This year, this guy is the undisputed champ of tackles on this football team. He's so big, so physical, and so strong. There's nothing that he can't do, but the most impressive thing is the hustle that is 330-pound guy plays with. He is all over the field. Yeah, and remember, you can submit your Pro Bowl vote to him on X or go to NFL.com, all of those avenues. Al, we haven't got, given you a chance to gloat yet, and you were the only one to pick the Panthers to win on BBKL earlier this morning, so now is your chance. You can gloat. <laughs> this was an easy one. I could have done this with my eyes closed. It was the Atlanta Falcons. I will never pick the Atlanta Falcons, so I was happy to be the only one that stuck with the Panthers. They made me right. I was a little bit worried, but they got it done down the stretch. All right. Well, are the Panthers going to get our QC crown? We'll be giving those up here coming up shortly. I'll admit I had it wrong, too. Well, I didn't have this wrong. Plenty of big events happening this week in Charlotte, including the introduction of that man, Charlotte FC's new head coach. We'll highlight all the big stuff happening this week next. Back on Charlotte Sports Live, and how about another reason for Charlotte fans to be hopeful tonight? Tomorrow's the introductory press conference for new Charlotte FC head coach Dean Smith. 
52-year-old former Premier League boss signed a multi-year contract earlier last week to take charge of the crowd. Smith brings more than a decade of top-tier coaching experience to the QC. He replaces Christian Latanzio, who was fired following the season. Charlotte FC did make the playoffs the first time ever last year, but was blown out 5-2 in the wild card round. Back to the other kind of football, bowl season is upon us. And tomorrow we get our first of two games here in Charlotte. The famous Toastery Bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium will feature Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Kickoffs at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. This game usually is played in the Bahamas, but renovations at Thomas Robinson Stadium in Nassau led to a change of venue for this year. And another big event starts on Tuesday. The second annual Jumpman Invitational returns to the Spectrum Center with four big games. On Tuesday, the Michigan and Florida men tip things off at 7. That's followed by the North Carolina and Oklahoma women at 9.30. And then on Wednesday, it's the Florida and Michigan women at 6.30, followed by the Tar Heels and Sooner men at 9. All right, but back to the Panthers, whose defense was out of this world today against the Falcons. Carolina holding Atlanta to just seven points, allowing the offense to do just enough to win. Carla and Gay went one-on-one -on -one with Marquise Haynes after the game. All right, we got Marquise Haynes Sr. joining us now to talk about the defense. And, of course, we're talking about a win first. So I asked Amir Smith-Marset the same thing, but how does this win feel? Uh, it feels feel real good. It's been a long time coming. I mean, we just kept on, you know, just – Kept on staying with our fundamentals of technique and did what Coach Tave says. I mean, he's doing a real job leading us and stuff. And then, like, the game plan and stuff, making a real dot in for us. Like, we knew what the game plan was. We knew we had to stop the run in order to have fun. That's what we did. And then, obviously, Amir mentioned that you guys are playing Grinch, you know, trying to steal, steal everybody's Christmas presents. How have you guys developed that mindset, and how did that play out today for you guys getting that win? Uh, we feel like uh, by us being a Grinch, we, uh, we ruined people's playoff chances of going in, you know, since, you know, our season hasn't, hasn't gone the way we wanted to. Right. But, so we just out there having fun, really, playing for each other, having fun. And you're really in a lot of big key plays today as well. The defense as a whole, though, continuing to impress no matter the wins or the losses. How proud of you are? How proud are you of this unit this year? I'm very proud. Like, we never we never let our foot off the gas. Like, we just keep going and going and going. Like, I mean, shoot, we, we, just, play, we just play for everybody out there. You mentioned Chris Tabor. You know, just how special is it for him to get him his first win as the interim head coach? These past two weeks have been tough, but you guys are finally able to pull through today. Uh, I, think, I think today was just – just, just uh, knocking on the door for him, you know. He talked to us throughout the week, lead us by, lead by example, and he just, you know, he just encouraged us to just, just go out there and play, have fun. He had a turnover, uh, fumble recovery by Burns in this one. He had X with the interception. I want to know though, did you know that Kamu could kick a ball the way he did in this game? Oh no, that would shot me because I, I, <laughs> I looked at it and I see Kamu lined up a kick. I said, hold on. I said, I said, I said where's Eddie? <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he squid kicking. And I look and I looked at Barno. Barno ran over. I said, "Dude, is, is Eddie all right?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, he good." He said, "We, we squid kicked." I said, "Okay, well." <laughs> I think we were having the same conversation yeah. in the booth as well, but it was pretty good to see. And then you guys are obviously playing. You know, you're playing alongside Derek Brown, who's having an incredible season, man. Just what's it like being able to play against somebody who's so disruptive and can make you know offenses pay in so many different ways? Oh, to play against Derek Brown, oh, to play play with him and on, along, next to him. It makes your job so much easier because you know he's just going to get off the ball and create chaos in the backfield. And all you got to do like, is just, just play out for him, just really. Just do your thing, yeah. Let, 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 let there be a ball player, yeah. and there you go. All right, so you're celebrating in a win, and then just randomly I would need to know, do you have all your Christmas shopping done for this week? All right, I had them done two weeks ago. He, he's <laughs> hey, already ahead well of the prepared, game. Well yeah. prepared, well prepared. All right, thanks so much. Thank you all. <laughs> 
All right, up next, Panthers corner J.C. Horn is healthy, and that is great news in an otherwise not-so-great season. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with number eight. Back here on Charlotte Sports Live, well, Panthers quarterback J.C. Horn has definitely missed more games than any Panthers fan would like. In 2021, his rookie year was cut short by a fractured foot in week three against the Texans. The next year, Horn played most of the year, 13 games before breaking his wrist against the Lions. And then in the first game of the year against the Falcons, he injured his hamstring in this 10 games. Overall, heading into today, he's played in 19 games since becoming a Panther, but has missed 32. Now, Horn was back on the field today and played really well, second on the team in tackles with six of them. And he would be a critical part, is a critical part of this defense if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's the key. Earlier this week, our own Gabe McDonald got to sit down with Horn to talk more about life on and off the field. All right, JC, so you've been back on the field for three weeks now, man. Just take me through the recovery process and just how good it feels to be back on the field because you're one of the more competitive guys on this team and we know how bad you wanted to be back out here with the guys. Uh, yeah, man, it was definitely a, a little journey. Um, it's a position I've never been put in, uh, getting hurt in the middle of the season and having uh, to come back right. during the season. So just trying to stay sharp, uh, standing up on the film, still you know watching practice on my iPad. So when I was able to come back, uh, I could just jump in and roll, and you know it's been going good so far. And for a guy that's you know you've dealt with injuries so far over the course of your career, who do you lean on you know during that tough times? Because we know you want to be on the field. You know who do you lean on? Where do you find your motivation in order to keep going? Uh, really, just the guys in the locker room. You know, close family, uh, friends. Just you know try to keep my circle close, um, and you know talk to, talk to them every day, and they keep me in good spirits. Uh, but mainly just being around the guys in the locker room. Um, Dante Jackson, you know, Brian Burns, them two of my locker mates. So, you know, them guys keep me in high spirits. So I'm, I'm definitely appreciative uh, for them. Throughout the season, we've seen a lot of guys really step up in your absence. Guys like Troy Hill, DiCaprio Boodle, even Deshaun Jameson. You know, just how proud are you of those guys for being able to step up and hold things down while you were out? Uh, super proud, super proud. You know, that's one of the things we uh, hung our hat on uh, during camp. And uh, Coach E always says it's always, you know, next man up no matter who goes down. And, uh, you know, like you said, Boodle, you know, uh, Troy. Those guys jumped right in and, you know, didn't miss a beat, so it was fun to watch. Coach Averro coming in this year, bringing in a whole new scheme. It seems like even with the injuries and guys going down, the defense is still productive. You know, just how is it like playing for somebody that's able to bring the best out of everybody, no matter who's on the field? Uh, yeah, you know, Coach, he's a mastermind. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big testament to him and uh, him drawing up the scheme and stuff like that. But, you know, it's also a big testament to the guys you mentioned uh, and, and even other players that's able to just jump right in and, you know, pick up where we left off. I feel like we got a very talented defense. You mentioned coming from obviously having a strong support system and very close-knit family. You come from a very great pedigree with your dad obviously <coughs> playing in the league. Just how instrumental has he been throughout your growth in the NFL? Uh, he's been big, been big. You know, like you said, dealing with injuries. Um, you know, just having somebody on my side who didn't seen this movie before, you know, he didn't. He didn't been in my shoes um, and did it for a long time at a high level. So, you know, having somebody like that on your side is always, you know, beneficial. You being from outside the Atlanta area, I know he finished his career in Atlanta after playing in New Orleans and KC. What's it like being able to play the in-state team, you know, every time? And, of course, having them in the division, too. Uh, it's big. It's big. You know, even going to New Orleans, New Orleans and Atlanta, it's got a lot of ties to those two teams. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, so... A lot of friends that, you know, be at the games and, you know, talk junk to me when they, if they beat us or whatever. But, you know, it's always fun and uh, extremely competitive. So, yeah, it's cool. This year you have D'Angelo Hall back there, a guy that, you know, your dad played against and played with. 
What's it like having him? What's that relationship been like? I'm sure you guys have probably known each other for quite some time. Oh, yeah, man. DR's been knowing me since uh, I was probably like 19 years old. So uh, just having him in the room, a familiar face, and uh, most importantly, a guy who did it, you know, at a high level for a long time. He understands what it feels like uh, to be out there on the island. So um, every every corner in the room, you know, lean, leans on him heavy. And uh, he's been very, you know, instrumental in the, in the way we've been playing. And even though you guys have been out of the playoff picture, you still have a chance to play spoiler now with the end of the season coming up. Is that even more of a motivating factor, knowing that you have a couple division games left and you can kind of ruin some other teams' chances now? Yeah, I mean, that, that obviously plays into it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we are, everybody in that locker room, competitors. Um, we still got games left on the schedule. Uh, and your tape is your tape. You know, it, you're still getting evaluated every Sunday. So uh, we're just going to try to go out there and compete harder and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. When you look at your future, heading into your fourth year now, a year where, you know, you obviously hope to really show out and be as healthy as possible, what are you kind of looking to work on and what's motivating you moving forward as you mature even more in the NFL? Um, just just learning and growing every day. You know, it's, I didn't learn a lot um, just from, from day one to now. So uh, just just decided to keep growing, you know, keep try to, try to reach my – my uh, peak and try to um, be one of the best corners in this league. So I'm just keep pushing for that every day. You mentioned your peak. What is, what is that? What does that look like for J.C. Horn? He's the best corner in the league. You know, that's that's what I believe in myself. And, uh, you know, I know the people around me believe that, and uh, that's what I'm pushing for. I like to hear that. Meanwhile, the polls are open for the Pro Bowl. You can vote by going to NFL.com, and it runs through Christmas Day. It is a bit of a popularity contest, I gotta say. So to help Derek Brown, a guy who is in contention to make the Pro Bowl, we decided to give him an assist in the form of a good old-fashioned political ad because everybody loves those, right? The following is in support of Derek Brown for the 2024 Pro Bowl. Together we can do it, one tackle at a time. <laughs> Derek Brown is a hard worker. Go out here every week and try to play as hard as I can. He's also a hard hitter. I mean, he's just a beast up there. What he's not is a pro bowler, and that is a travesty. I'm just trying to do my job and, you know, see where opportunities come. One may be headed his way, but now it's in your hands. When you go to cast your vote for the 2024 Pro Bowl, there's some things we want you to keep in mind. He's pushing a pocket and he's doing a lot of good things. Things like his 74 tackles this season. Uh, it affects my job because he's stealing all my tackles. And what about his pick against the Saints? You know, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, that's for damn sure. What can Brown do for you? Just about everything. This is kind of falling in line, you know. Vote Brown for Pro Bowl 2024. Because after all, why would you settle for anything less? As our producer Joey just told me, that's the fourth time we've run that thing, so Derek, you're welcome. Vote for him online. You can definitely give the Panthers fans, though, that showed up today a QC crown to sit through three hours in the rain to watch a 1-12 in 12 team. I mean, folks, that, my friends, we tip our caps to is you. dedication. But do they get Charlotte's top sports award? We'll tell you when we come back. Well, it's time to hand out our QC crowns, but we start with Carla and Gabe out at Bank of America Stadium. What do you guys have? All right, that's right. Our QC crown is probably the easiest one we've ever given it out to. There were not many fans that showed up today, but uh, the ones that did uh, deserve more than a crown. I don't no, know absolutely. what they deserve, a gift card or something nice, yeah, right? They probably need like a round of beers and maybe a plate <laughs> of chicken wings, something, maybe season tickets for next year. I mean, you had obviously, you know, the weather conditions, the way the team had been playing up to this point. 
Nobody really wanted to come out, but shout out to the fans that did. He even had a lot tucked under the video board yeah. up top or under any, you know, under any shade that they could find. But the salute to them, they came out, they got to see a win. And you probably did see a lot of people in the stands that were here for the first time, just given the way that the prices were. You know, hey, this is our first time being able to go to a game. Right. Even though it's going to be rainy, it's going to be nasty. Let's go out. Let's spend time as a family. Yeah, they got to see a dub, too. Got to see a win. You were rewarded handsomely after the season that the Panthers have had. <laughs> so, yes, guys, our crown was an easy one to give away tonight. Three. Shout out to the fans. Talking about what to give, give them a cup of soup or something. It was cold. <laughs> I'm giving my crown to former Panther Christian McCaffrey. He today's win over the Cardinals, the Niners running back. 115 yards rushing. The third time the last four games he's gone over the 100-yard mark. He's now reached that mark, a league best six times this season. Overall, McCaffrey had three touchdowns, one on the ground, two in the air, five catches, 72 yards. That is a day. Well, the MLB Awards were last night, and Ronald Acuna Jr. was named the 2023 National League Hank Aaron Award winner, which is presented to the best offensive player from each league. It was Acuna's first time to win the award, and the first Brave to win it since Freddie Freeman in 2020. The season, Acuna, if you remember, became the first Major League Baseball player to hit 40 home runs and steal 70 bases. Uh, Shohei Otani was the AL winner, but uh, how fitting is that when a Brave just wins the Hank Aaron Award? So, I am so ready for baseball season. If anybody, anybody who I mean, works hey, around here, two and twelve, come on! <laughs> well, it is a victory Monday tomorrow, tomorrow, and we cannot wait. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Michael said, "I'm Grace Girl. Have a good night."